Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Mature Mom Pivot Podcast. I'm your host, Dean Dean Bailey, and I am a mature mom coach who helps professional women who become moms after the age of 35 with decreasing stress and setting boundaries so you can establish balance and build a unique bond with your child. So glad you all are here with me on this podcast journey. So this show was created to empower professional women who become moms after 35 and you're experiencing feeling overwhelmed with the challenges of mature motherhood and balancing the demands of your career. So tune in weekly ladies so you can continue to hear about practical solutions and how to pivot from feeling overwhelmed to experiencing joy in your motherhood journey. So here's what I want to point out to all of my professional ladies today. When you become a professional mother over the age of 35, that is quite a shift in your schedule and in your life demands. So trust me, ladies, I 100% get you. I've been an RN now for a little over 30 years, and I actually didn't get married until I was almost 37, and I wasn't able to conceive until... I was 42 years old. So I think that qualifies me as a mature mom. (laughs) The truth is I never really planned for any of that to happen that way. But, you know, I never thought I'd get married so close to 40. And I guess I'd always hoped I'd meet my Prince Charming in my early 30s and start building a family. But it didn't quite work out that way. I started out as a bedside nurse in a large New York City hospital. And I have to tell you, I really never imagined the places that my career would take me. I developed an interest really early on in staff development after having an extremely negative experience, unfortunately, in nursing school. The nurses at the hospitals where we were training really didn't want to train us. And that was really heartbreaking and very discouraging for me. And I vowed that one day when I actually really knew what I was doing, I would train others and make sure they never went through what we did. So for me, it's just an absolute joy. I love training staff. I love watching them grow and soar in their confidence level and just move up in their careers. And I enjoyed it so much after a while that I decided I just wanted to dedicate myself fully to training. And now here I am in learning and development. So I'm currently a senior clinical learning and development specialist for a New York City health system. And I've got some amazing privileges and so many wonderful things that I am allowed to do. I conduct the orientation for our health plan and I develop training solutions and programs for the whole organization. So I guess you can kind of say I like to talk and enjoy helping people. (laughs) So today I want to share a little bit about my story with you as a professional woman. And for me, the greatest challenge I've had in all these years has been motherhood at the age of 42. So at this point, I really had already shifted gears in my career. I was no longer hospital-based. At this point, I was working in home care, but I was learning and growing and stretching so much and loving the work that I was doing. I had recently gotten a promotion and I was working with my manager and supporting him in all his day-to-day operations, training and mentoring staff as well. So for me, it was just a win-win. Like I literally didn't even feel like I was working half the time. So within six months of my first promotion, I pretty much had my role down pat. I had work-life balance. I really enjoyed what I was doing. So I was in a really good place, you know? And largely it was because I had so much support from my manager and he was really, really amazing. But here's where things began to change. So when I became pregnant around my fifth month of pregnancy, everything changed. So you know how it is. Once you get pregnant over the age of 35, they already consider us high risk. So I knew that kind of going in the gate. But what I didn't expect was to get the news that my fetal monitoring test at five months showed a high probability of severe Down syndrome. 
I literally went into like a state of shock, ladies. I was sitting at my desk, just doing my daily routine, calling my nurses, and this lab tech just calls me up and she's just cheerful and bubbly and she's blurting out numbers that were more than 10 times the normal level. I won't even lie to you. I I don't remember what the numbers are now or I really would share them with you, but I do remember sitting there and thinking, like, how am I supposed to call the nurses now? <laughs> I was just trembling. I literally was sitting at my desk just trembling with the shock and the anguish of what this woman was just saying to me so casually. Like, how could she just sit there and cheerfully tell me that my child had a high probability of severe Down syndrome? Not the baby that I prayed for and dreamed of my entire life. Like, this could not be happening. They even suggested that I schedule an amniocentesis and consider an abortion. Well, I refuse to do either one. Of course, because already being high risk and amniocentesis just increases your risk. And also because I simply just didn't believe in getting an abortion. So my husband and I decided that we were just going to pray. We were going to trust God for the results of my pregnancy. And it turned out after a scheduled C-section, because later on down the line, my daughter ended up being a premature birth. She was like 34 weeks and five days, I believe. She had some difficulty gaining weight in the womb. We found out that that whole test was a false positive. Oh, and by the way, our daughter is now 14 years old and she is in the ninth grade. (laughs) So after the birth of our new baby girl, I decided, you know what? I need to do a little shifting again. I needed a role where I had a more definite work schedule because home care is extremely unreliable, unpredictable. You can finish your visits at any time in the evening. So I moved into a utilization management role so I could do nine to five, get home, pick up from daycare and all of that. It was a startup area of the company and it was a really challenging year and a half. And I had literally just had our daughter. So when I transferred, I believe she was... She was about, I want to say eight months old. So, you know, even though the year was really challenging, everything happens for a reason. And it really just led to me having a great opportunity to be able to go into full-time training with staff. So originally I always just trained nurses, but as the years have progressed, I now have the privilege to train staff you know, throughout the organization. So I deal with clinical staff, non-clinical staff. And so it's been wonderful because it's really given me the privilege to deal with many different women. And so now I see people in so many different situations in the workplace and in life. And one of the things that I realized, you know, is although my career was on this trajectory that just seemed you know, to work for all the different stages and responsibilities of my life, combined with the fact, of course, that I always had really amazing managers who were really supportive. And that is so important, ladies. We're going to talk about that as we go along in our podcast journey together. Here's what I did not have. I did not have the support of others who understood what it was like to be the only 40-something-year-old in a room with a baby. It was out of that experience that I started my business, Mature Moms Making Moves. I understood what it was to have other peers who were professionals, but they had adult children or kids that were, you know, like in high school. (laughs) They'd already left the world of diapers and daycare and school far behind. So when I was wiped out with fatigue, they were footloose and fancy free because as so many of them said to me, I already paid my dues. I'm so glad I don't have to do those diaper days anymore. Well, that was all great, but um, it didn't really help me. 
I began to feel so isolated and lonely. And I was, I was actually really very, very depressed. I'll be quite honest with you. When you go in for your postpartum examinations, the first thing they give you is the postpartum depression survey. And I lied on every single one when they would ask, did you have feelings of sadness or did you ever think of killing yourself? I would check off no all the way down the list. And it wasn't true at all. It just seemed like nobody really understood what I was experiencing and they couldn't really offer any solid methods to help me move through this season of my life in my 40s with a child. So I faked a smile and I faked it for so long. To be quite honest with you, I don't even remember when it became real anymore. And people would say to me at work, you know, how are you doing? And I would lie and I'd say, oh, I'm doing great. And the truth is, I really couldn't see my way. I wasn't prepared at all for the sleep deprivation because people don't usually tell you at any age when you become a mother, you are about to have no sleep (laughs) for a long time unless you got that perfect baby that just sleeps through the night. So I didn't experience that. (laughs) The sleep deprivation, working full time, not having much in common with my professional colleagues or friends who all had teenagers and adult kids. So my world got to be a very, very lonely place. Wasn't exactly what I prayed for and looked forward to my whole life. Can you relate to that? So I knew that it would be important to create a community for other mature professional moms who, like myself, had a life that was, you know, pretty well, pretty well put together. You know, you're advancing yourself professionally and then boom, you find yourself in a position where everything seems out of sync. And that's what essentially happens where you have to start to, I call it finding your voice as a mature mom. And the term that kind of comes to mind for me is your MI, your mommy identity. Because as professional women, here's the facts. I mean, we know who we are in the workplace. We're confident, we're experienced, we're leaders, we're movers, we're shakers. Not to be conceited, ladies, but we own this. With time and experience, you know, there just comes a level of confidence and and that's only natural. But adding to this space of life, a new child, or even if your child is in daycare or the early stages of elementary school, it's a whole different ballgame. It's an unknown role. And the truth is, none of us will have a handle on it right away. And also because we're older, we don't have the luxury of a life with less responsibility like we did when we were in our 20s and our early 30s. So what it requires is what I call the mature mom pivot. We need to begin to find ways not to maintain the life we used to have professionally and personally, but rather we have to now learn how to sustain a rhythm that's going to help us to feel satisfied as professional women and as mature moms. And that's why I'm here, ladies, to be that person to help you make the pivot that you need to make so you can find your rhythm both professionally and enjoy motherhood at the same time. And after 14 years, I can tell you, it is absolutely a possibility and it's what you deserve. So don't feel alone. We're building a community here together of empowerment, support, and real solutions. Are you ready to do it, ladies? Let's do this. And here's what I wanna do. I wanna start off today talking about you. So often when we talk about motherhood, we focus a lot on the child. And of course, that's, a very large part of it, but the child needs a mother who is whole. And so today I want to kind of segue and talk about what does self-care look like for, for us as moms over 35? And I think that that's a very important topic because even though self-care seems to be like this buzzword that's just out there on the internet, you can just type in self-care and they'll tell you to do 50 million things. But the reality is self-care for mature moms is usually self-neglect. 
And I have spent a lot of time in different Facebook groups online, kind of engaging with other mothers over 35. And more than a hundred moms have shared with me that lack of time for self-care is a major issue. And that is a huge problem because we can't take care of our kids if we're depleted. So self-care is really bigger than just activities. It's got to be our way of life as mature moms. And it's really how you intentionally love yourself. It's important to start with loving ourselves so we can then share that love in our hearts with our children. So although we're pressed for time, and I, again, completely understand because I've been walking this journey and I'm still walking it after 14 years, we have to choose to create experiences within our day. It's not always about getting away to go to the spa. It's not always about running to get your nails done because that may not always happen in our schedules. But if we can create experiences in our day that focus on refilling us as women and as mothers, then we're right on target, ladies. So self-care, I want to share with you as a lens through which you start seeing your family and your home and your career and your life. So I want to share with you eight takeaways, eight different ways that you can give yourself self-care. So for our conversation, self-care is not just an activity, but this is going to be eight ways you can give yourself a way to intentionally love you. And it's going to be the way that you're going to see, because it's going to be your lens, the way that you see your home, your family, your career, and your life. So I'm giving you eight different strategies, but I want you to start small because some of you may not have had time in a long time to really indulge yourself in self-care or intentionally loving yourself because you're so focused on the task at hand of taking care of your child, especially those of you who are over 35 and you have a brand new baby. And congratulations to you, ladies. I want you to choose two of these strategies a week. So whichever two kind of resonates with you the most, start with those. And this way, if you do that and you choose two, you break it up over the whole month, you have those eight and your whole month is going to be covered. All right. So here we go. Here's your first strategy to give yourself some self-care or some self-love. Lighting a candle and really enjoying breathing it in. No, and I mean like, like really, like deeply, deliberately breathing it in. If you ladies have a Bath and Body Works where you live, on the other side of the store, I always forget the name, there is a candle section and it is amazing. When you walk in there, like you just don't want to leave. The whole place just smells so amazing. Aromatherapy really can make a difference in how you feel. It's just like if you're feeling kind of, you know, anxious and kind of really wired or you just want to relax. A lot of times people will use lavender. The lavender scent just changes the atmosphere and you begin to feel relaxed. And so just something that simple as lighting a candle for yourself and just sitting there really just taking that deep breath in and out. And sometimes moms, that might mean in the reality of our day, because remember I said, this is something that we want to literally incorporate into our day. We want to create an experience in your day. If you can only do this for two to five minutes, Listen, you stopped and you intentionally loved yourself and you need to pat yourself in the back for that. That is amazing. Here's a second strategy for you. 
using a diffuser. Since we're talking about scents, I just kind of put these two together. So a diffuser, again, you can diffuse your favorite scent into a room and you can set the mood. And that's what aromatherapy is all about. Diffusers tend to be a little bit more economical because all it takes is one or two drops of your favorite essential oil and you can have a room that just Oh, you just light it up and it's just amazing. And it gives you such a nice feel. So whatever your favorite scent is, for some of you, it may be lavender. Some people like eucalyptus, whatever kind of floats your boat and something that really will help you to feel a little relaxed and like you're having your own spa moment. Here's a third strategy. Read a book or an audiobook. So if you're on the run very often, like myself, an audiobook might serve you better. Audible is um, an awesome, awesome app for you to have. And you can just download your favorite books and listen to it while you're in the car, dropping the kids off, going to work, doing your errands. And it's important to fill yourself up. So Think about books that are inspirational to you. Those are really good things to just kind of meditate on. So as you're listening to the audiobook, or if you like, you know, like the old hard copy book, get yourself a favorite book and just sit and read. Even if it's just a few minutes, ladies, you're creating experiences that are focusing on refilling you. Here's your fourth strategy. Fill yourself up because I'm focusing here on you loving yourself. Fill yourself up with affirmations. What's an affirmation? It's another buzzword sometimes we hear out there, right? But an affirmation is really just a statement of emotional support or encouragement. And it's important to stop and be our own cheerleader. Listen, when you start your day and you're getting ready to pour into other people professionally all day long, you cannot do it from an empty cup. So go to YouTube and just type in positive affirmations. And whichever one resonates with you, save it, play it, and let it just pour into you. So you'll be ready and you will not be pouring from an empty cup. Strategy number five for how to give yourself self-care. Indulge yourself, ladies, in a hot shower or bath. So when I say indulge, I mean, not that you know how we try to take that really quick, like five minute shower because, you know, the kid is knocking at the door. If they're old enough, lock the door. (laughs) And if they're little... If you can secure them in the crib or the playpen, and I'm sure that's not the term we use anymore, but, you know, I've forgotten. (laughs) Then you can actually take a moment for yourself. It makes such a difference. Don't forget your candles, your favorite music, jazz, whatever you're into, whatever helps you to kind of mellow out. Because again, you're creating that experience within your day. Number six, strategy for self-care. And this is for my shopper moms. A little retail therapy never hurts. (laughs) So think about that thing that you've been thinking about getting yourself for a minute, that pocketbook, that new pair of shoes. There's no time like the present. And if you're like me and you're addicted to Amazon, I won't even tell you ladies how many packages I sometimes have coming to the house in one week. It's ridiculous. But retail therapy never hurts. You always feel better after you buy a little something for yourself. (laughs) Number seven, move your body. Yes, ladies, we've got to move our body. I know because I'm not always 100% motivated either. I am a professional couch potato in addition to being a professional RN. (laughs) But here's a realistic starter plan for those of us that don't go to the gym three to five days a week because we don't want to or we're not motivated or we just don't have the time. Let's do this for five minutes. I want you to just walk in place, but I need you to lift your knees up and pump your arms. And I mean, really lifting your knees up high and pumping those arms. If you can find 
four moments throughout the day where you can stand for just five minutes and intentionally move. So if you're like me, I'm a hybrid worker. I go into the office a couple of days a week, then I'm working remotely the other part of the week. If you have an office where you can kind of just do that for a little bit, that would be awesome. And if you don't have a space where you can do that, well, then you can take five minutes in the morning and maybe five minutes in the afternoon. If you can do four times a day, then that gives you literally 20 minutes of movement and it's a great boost for your health heart. But remember, we want to do a realistic starter plan. So we're not trying to get ready for the New York City Marathon here. (laughs) We're just trying to intentionally move our body. And since we're talking about moving our body, I'll leave you with the last strategy and that is power walking indoors. So some of us are living in climates that have just changed and become cold like myself. I'm in New York. And so we're not going to be doing a lot of walking outside. But if you can power walk indoors, then this is something that you can keep up throughout the year. 10, 15 minutes a day. It's a start, ladies. And it's all about how we intentionally give ourselves some love and attention. So now you got an eight-step plan to help eliminate self-neglect amongst us moms who are over 35 and intentionally creating moments that refill us as women. So moms, we know we surely love our kids, especially after having them after the age of 35. Some of us, it was a struggle. I know it was for me. It wasn't a straight line at all. It wasn't an easy journey. But I wanted to stop by today and help you to give yourself some self-love, which really equals self-care. So like the L'Oreal commercial always used to say, ladies, you're worth it. Thanks so much for stopping by to listen to the Mature Mom Pivot podcast. And do stay tuned next week because we're going to be continuing to talk about self-care. But we're going to be looking at it through a very different lens. So it's been great just sharing with you. I look forward to talking to you ladies again next week. And remember, give yourself self-care because you're worth it.